Welcome back, followers. We made it to part two with Chris White. If you have not listened to part one, definitely go ahead and listen to that so that you're all caught up. This is the end of our conversation with Chris. I just, again, loved this conversation so much. It provided me and Kristen both with some perspective shifts. And I hope that it does the same for you. It might not necessarily change your opinion, right? But it could change your perspective because that's what good, healthy conversation does is it helps us look at things differently through a new lens and maybe guide further conversations. So in this part of the episode, we go into police uh, use of force, using deadly force, and Chris's experience with that and his perspective on other police using deadly force. We go into yoga and yogic principles and some of those that have helped Chris deal with some of the things that he has seen and, and um, you know, his job now, part of his job is teaching yoga at the police academy. We go into um, bringing yoga to new communities that Kristen and I have not taught. And honestly, again, I just, I loved this conversation so much. And please, like we said last time, feel free to message us either on Instagram or you can email us. We also have a comment box on our website. So any of those avenues, you can let us know your questions. If you have anybody in mind that you want us to talk to and have a conversation with on this podcast, let us know. Um, and you know, we, we look forward to continuing this work. So without further ado, here is part two. Look at me rhyming. I want to ask you a question that you don't have to answer and we can cut out. Do you, do you think that, um, the police brutality that you know about do you feel that it is racially driven? That I know about from where I work or just the same thing that we all see? What we, what we all see, I'll say that, what we all see. And maybe from your, maybe from your own experience. That's a hard question to answer because it's sort of lead someone to believe that we all think the same mm. we all come from the same background and we all have the same feelings or whatever the case may be or beliefs the truth is there are folks who, who, who do whatever or any career that have different beliefs um, so if I think police brutality is a derivative of racism. It's people who hate minorities. It's so hard to say because of various things. Like, let's talk about a few of these things. Let's talk about Tamara Rice, 12-year-old on the playground, right, in Ohio. I don't know how the call was dispatched. I don't know if someone said he was alone or that it was a real gun or they were aware of him. There's so much that needs to sort of be understood to 
like for a cop to understand another cop's action to go, no, that's full of shit. So like for an example, if I go to a call, and I mean this special call with a kid possibly with a gun in the playground, he's by himself. I'm not rolling up to where the kid is, right? And see him and shoot. Unless that's what I wanted to do. I believe there are police officers who want to shoot people, who want the opportunity to shoot people. I hate to say that. It is a fact. It is from what I experienced, heard, but they will not. These police officers, let's just say, get away with it. It's because the law allows him to use the amount of force, whatever the case may be, to to do the job mm. okay, or training or you're allowed to do. Um, but, but the Castro gentleman, mm. I think it's Philandro Castro mm-hmm. out of Philadelphia. But, yeah. I think the officer was Asian. Card carrying, gun holder. Mm. He's asking for his license. He tells him, hey, I have a gun, but I, I have a permit too. And without seeing a weapon, you shoot. That's fair, right? That's like, yeah. you, you, yeah. for me, we all know you're a scary ass dude. If, sincerely, if you're shooting, pulling that trigger, yep. why is your gun out, right? And no. And so here's the outside of that. Like it, it's, it's so perplexed because there's things that we know prior to going there that puts us in a different state of mind. So, like I said, unfortunately, I was involved in an officer-involved shooting. There's no mention of what I encountered was happening. I did not know I was walking into a situation where someone had a knife to someone's throat and was high out of their mind and had a 44 Magnum in the room. Did not know any of that. The way this call came out was that it was a fight that occurred. You can meet the complainant outside. It was his wife's nephew who came over, beat him up. The complainant is outside. Am I thinking I'm going to use deadly force in this situation? Right. Not it. Not at all. So when you take other situations. Let's just say where it's more too, like they have a gun, they're doing that. You're already going with a different mindset. So when they go in that route, it changes things. And so you see the reaction of a lot of situations that may come off offensive or harsh to the general population. Whereas for us, we're just doing the job. It's really hard to Monday morning quarterback if that officer knew that was a fake gun, if that officer knew that he would get away with it as to why he or she shot. Mm. Um, it, it's so hard. And that's why I think a lot of times we're acquitted. Um, I think people don't realize, let's go back to the human being aspect. I think the first time I mentioned what I want Americans to know is that um, no one 
wants to talk about the fact that police officers deal with PTSD mm. and that we somehow are supposed to take 99% negativity that we deal with every day because it ain't too many times you're going to a positive call, right? right? For the most part, it ain't good. And somehow, day in and day out, taking that, mediating, whatever the case may be, go from 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 from, from zero to a hundred uh, every day, day in and day out. How do you sort of now deal with that? So you become jaded, you become hypervigilant to a certain extent, um, desensitized. There's a whole lot of factors into the mindset. The police officer who killed uh, George Floyd, I think he was on a job 20 plus years. So imagine when he was done and dealt with, and, which will lead me to believe he's probably dealt with that or did that before, and that person didn't die, or whatever the case may be. But unfortunately, this gentleman died, and it all sort of came out. Um, we, 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 I think we just seem to forget that we make mistakes too. Um, and then when someone makes a mistake, let's just say anyone makes a mistake, and they catch it, what do they try to do? They try to fix it. They try to. Uh, uh, make it right somehow but our making it right is not good because everyone knows it and there's a life doctors can't and they do let's just say there's a uh, a malpractice somehow they didn't do something right like they forgot to close something they left the instrument inside you will probably never know that right unless someone saw it and said something they will say well the surgery went bad you know what i'm saying um so with body cams and other things and cell phones, uh, well, it's out there and now you go, holy shit, like we make mistakes. Now people are capitalizing on the mistakes that we make because we're human. Sometimes we may have a misstep, whatever the case may be, uh, or we're not sort of getting, getting any leeway to it. Whereas other folks, you put them uh, on the spotlight and you'll get the same result. So if a doctor who does something carelessly or negligently, are they racist? They really just not care about that black nation? You know, was that an opportunity to kill that person? Or a teacher deliberately ignoring this black kid because they don't want them to learn anything? Mm-hmm. Like, or, 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 you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the intent that comes out, or, or the, the bad part, uh, the mouse, or whatever you want to call it, the neglect, the, there's uh, another word I'm trying to fix it for that comes out of it was it a result of that person being read of a racist you don't know and all circumstances are different you don't know how much how many times that teacher just dealt with craziness where she just became overwhelmed and she just didn't even think about it and now that's kids over there doing god knows what are doctors so tired there's all these shootings are happening in chicago he makes a misstep misstep there's a patient who's not a, a, a someone that's in a gang and he just he's so tired he's been working on other stuff he makes a mistake now this patient is dead did he intentionally do that he doesn't you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you can monday morning quarterback anything when it comes to police brutality we just don't know how do you really know other than what the law gives us the 
gives us the right to do. So if we go past what the law says, then obviously that's clear cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of um, it's all good stuff you're saying, and I appreciate that. Um, when we first got on the call tonight, I was like, how are you? You know, how are you feeling? And, and you have done a lot of work to develop yourself. You've been in the Marines. You've been in, in police force. And something that you said um, just a few minutes ago is recognizing police officers have PTSD. We know in the military, PTSD is a very real thing. Um, so I think what's interesting about you is how grounded you are and how rooted you are. And I mean, I would like to think that's probably partly your yoga and your yoga practice. So I know that you have done some work with police officers. Um, so I, I kind of have two questions on this with like incorporating yoga. So if you can, I would love if you can talk about the program um, bringing more yoga to police officers to help with I'm not saying yoga is a cure for PTSD but is a it's a release for stress it's a way to connect your mind body and spirit to keep you present which is extremely important um, and then the other sort of question with that in, and you sort of had brought it up is you know being the only black man in a yoga studio um, how how can we like you know Dana and I are, are yoga teachers and we would love to see more people of any race, gender, identity, et cetera, in the studio. So, like, how, what, how did you find it, and how can we invite more – how can we be more inviting to everyone? Because we, we do I, – I, I think I can speak for Dana and, and just the community in general. We love – we love um, – or at least I feel that way. I feel like we love – and we're talking about understanding one another. It's, it's hard to understand someone if, if we can't get them in our circle. You know what I mean? Like, I want those just respect, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, maybe the interest isn't there. Maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into it. So I guess I have many questions, but those two <laughs> main, main things. Um, just off the top of the head, it's so much to, to cover with that question. Um, but because you just said it, like, moments ago, um, to get them in our circle, right? Reality is... And, and vice versa, too, right? Right. And vice versa. Like, I've gone, to, I've gone to, like, African dance classes, and I had a freaking blast. <laughs> I thought it was so much fun, but I'm, I'm not... I, I'll do anything. I'll do almost anything except jump out a plane or ride a roller coaster. So, like, that... I don't have that... I, I don't want to say, like, I'm not racist or I'm not prejudiced or I don't have bias or whatever... But I'll try stuff because I'm interested in culture. That's just me. Like, I want to learn about people. That's a, a passion of mine. So so not just inviting them in, but how do we also, you know, find ourselves in their circles? You know, like it's an exchange. And I'm going to do my best to sort of um, start from the beginning to where we are now. Sure. And my personal experience with everything. So for me, let me just say yoga uh, was, a, was a spiritual journey. So right then and there, I'm coming at it from a whole other angle. And so how yoga really came into play for me was, uh, have you heard of Wayne Dyer? I have not. So he's an author, right? He had this book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. I've heard Uh, of that book. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, a whole bunch of other books that he, he wrote. And so 
I was following him and then I heard him one day talking about yoga being this moving meditation. He spoke on that, about meditation and I was intrigued by it. I go, and how, and the reason I even got to that point with Wayne Dyer was I was at a place in my life where so many things happen. I got, I'm so much better than this, but things are happening. What is these, these things happening? Like, seriously, am I, am I like, what's going on? And it gave me this perspective of the things I thought about, I was attracting. So now the whole laws of attraction now settles in my brain. Like now I'm understanding it. Now I'm in a place where I go, oh, like I remember, so I'm divorced. My biggest fear, I can think back as a high schooler, someone in the Marines, uh, even taking going to college at one point, this always thought of the worst thing that can happen as a man was that your spouse, your wife would cheat on you. I don't know why, right? I just always thought that. And I, I have all these certain thoughts. So to make a long story longer, that happened to me. And so I started putting a whole lot of things. Um, right up front. And I started thinking. Like, holy shit, am I, am I track? Like, what is going on? Like, so I, like, I'm, like, I'm a happy-go-lucky person. Like, I love everyone. I like doing things and being out. But what you didn't know was the fears and the thoughts that I was having that I realized I was drawing towards me. Right? So I wouldn't go out and do these things and want these things to happen, but they were happening, and I couldn't understand why they were happening. Uh, so I found Wayne Dyer or whatever by mistake. I just I was looking for him. I just saw something. <laughs> and he talked about yoga being this moving meditation. And I felt like I needed to meditate. I needed to go with that. And I'm going to back up really quick from that. I was raised Christian, Baptist. I was really into church. Uh, my mother never drank, you know, uh, she doesn't drink as a smoke. Strict mom. Uh, So church was really big. Um, so I, I always believed in Jesus Christ and all of that stuff. So I, I sort of always had this spiritual connection, I, I would like to believe. But when I came to Wayne Dyer, now I'm like a full-fledged adult. We're going back probably 10 years. I'm not really feeling religion the way I thought it was. Like things are just not making sense to me. Like I'm checking in with this energy. I'm I'm, more, I'm being more intuitive, and I I don't like recognize what these things are. Like I don't know the names of what's happening. Of understanding these physiological and psychological effects that that's been playing out in my life. Like I don't know what's happening, but now I'm starting to understand it. Now. Uh, now it's starting to make sense uh, when it comes to meditation, sort of taking a step back and breathing. Like I experienced these things before I knew what they were. Uh, so I was at a place where I needed something. I knew I needed some sort of intervention. Like something wasn't right and I just couldn't figure it out. Like I don't go out looking for trouble, but I'm not willing to back down from it. Uh, like I'll give you, Literally, shut off my back if you need it. Like, that's just the type of person I am. 
However, there's a part of me, if you take me there, I'm going to go there and then some. So I will stay away from anything that's going to draw me. Like, I would never go out looking for that. But I'll be that person that if you bring it, it's, it's a wrap, right? Because I'm going to bring it to you and then some. Versus where I am now, it's just going, okay. <laughs> I see what's happening and carry it on, right? Because like, I'm looking at it now mm. in a totally different way. Like, it's not that serious. Mm. I'm putting a story to this thing, and that's why it comes with yeah. so much force and just anger and everything that sort of went through a life. You know, you just kind of throw it on something that, that puts you in a mood where you're being disrespected and violated as a man and all this other nonsense, right? So when diet comes into play, meditation comes into play, starts talking about this yoga. I go, yoga. For me, yoga is for white women or gay dudes. It's nothing to do with a black man. What is he talking about? Nonsense. And so when you say gay man, because you associate yoga being feminine, soft, weak. If you're a man that's doing it, if you were homosexual, again, growing up, being homophobic, if you were a soft man or weak or whatever, you were gay, right? So like now, which is so crazy, is I'm so in tune with my emotions and feelings. People might think, oh God, is you gay? Like it's so weird how life just transformed. All these fears, all these things that happen where I just, just didn't know, just ignorance, right? Because I just, I just wasn't exposed to any of it. So here I am understanding this now. So why would I want to do yoga? I'm like a 6'2", 230-pound black man train killer. Really, dude? Yoga? Like, this doesn't <laughs> resonate with my spirit at all. But he kept talking about it. I kept listening to him. I, would never, I was living in Ellington, Connecticut. I would never forget the day I was like, I want to do yoga. Like, I sat there. Like, I started understanding the universe and putting things out into the universe and things like that. And again, laws of attraction. And I left it there. I go, I want to do yoga. And I remember it was so funny. I was still like, I want to do yoga. One day I go out, I meet this guy, his girlfriend, the guy's a yoga teacher. He invites me to the yoga studio. It's like, wow. <laughs> okay. Not what you thought it was going to be. Huh? It was not what you thought it was going to be. Right. So I go to this yoga studio. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm practicing. And, and, and so it leads me up to where I am now where... Yoga allowed me to connect everything in terms of spirituality, uh, the body, the mind with the thoughts and everything together to um, to become one, right? So instead of having three parts going in three different directions, and at various times you will pick to do that. Uh, you'll you'll use the, the mind on this one, the spirituality on this one, the physical part on this one. Now what I found yoga to do is put everything together and look at everything as one and where you can be so grounded and understand and appreciate things and do it with one mind hmm. versus three different entities, but you're just you're you're just there. It's like It's oh, the whole package. The whole package. It is. It is right. Um and so my experience now, here I am police officer and realizing like those physiological and psychological effects of, uh, with the, with the uh, 
the heart rate, with the, uh, with the anxiety. Your breath. And, and um, I can go on about it, but I, I started to sit, learn how to sit with things, learn how to breathe, learn to sort of acknowledge what was happening in my body instead of blowing it off uh, and just suppressing it. Uh, I think what we tend to do, I think as men, we, we, the type A's is that we sort of self-medicate and we just, we just, just whatever. Like you Rub dirt on it. You're okay, right? <laughs> like just keep moving on. We teach men to be men, right? right. And not soft. Absolutely. Like I, I, like I was stored in his closet. Like, oh, trauma, what happened? You see dead bodies, you see kids, you get, you know, what happened at Iraq, you know, all the stuff that I grew up with, the, um, just create friends, shot, uh, like craziness. And I would just store it, store it, right. store it. Right. And, uh, and so what the yoga did basically was allow me to open the door and sit with these things, learn from it, grow from it. Because we harness all this stuff in our bodies. Like you don't have to believe, like you don't have to believe the wind. Like, just as you don't see the wind doesn't mean it's not there right and so I, like everything that we sort of deal with those traumas those hurts those pains that's they're stored in our body and the whole energy thing with the chakras which you do so well Kristen uh sort of understanding that um it's there so I just sort of started to learn what was happening and I just thought that everyone and my occupation should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like how do you deal with going from a shooting to now a kid loss <laughs> or a car accident? Things that are not as violent and not as crazy to where a huge fight breaks out. All in one day. Tell some mom and her son that like how do you deal with all of this? And 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 so I go, a lot of it is to sit there and acknowledge and breathe through it. It's a simple thing, just sitting there and acknowledging it instead of trying to self-medicate. Because that's what we seem to go with. Um, like the drinking would sort of put it at ease, a risky behavior, um, uh, 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 sexual, whatever it was to sort of put this behind you so it would just go away. We sort of went that route instead of acknowledging it and sitting with it and just like to point out where we are right now with this whole Black Lives Matter and this, you know, the, the racial tension. This is a perfect time to where we need to sit with it and acknowledge it, right? Instead of trying to, to defend, oh, Blue Lives Matter, all that, like, oh, and just sit with it. Like, breathe in this. Just acknowledge what's happening right now before you get defensive. Like, don't listen to respond, listen to understand, right? And so yoga for me, moving and breathing my body and just and just sort of coming together, man, you know, I'm like crying. Here I am again, black dude, sometimes the only black person in there, like bigger than everyone. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> Those uh, pigeons I'm will get you. Just, what you think, right? Like, I'm, like, I'm, like I feel like, That's them, right? Like they don't know me. Like yeah. I, I need, I need to do this for me, and um, so it's just a crazy journey where I learned so much from so many good people. And I remember when 
thing that you were saying earlier about, you know, how men, you know, how they're asking you, you, know, you immediately because of a bad relationship, you know, what's their, you know, where they're trying to do, right? right. Um, you know, is there, you know, you see through it, whatever the case may be. Right. So as a man in a yoga community, you're in such a weird situation that you just want to be friends and make friends with the majority of women where it can be interpreted sometimes yeah. as you're trying to hit on them. Yeah. And or there's something more than just wanting to be cool and friends, but you like them. So I can tell you, I experienced several situations where I just liked that person. Like they were cool. And when you're trying to talk to them as a man, that's one of the, the downsides that I think women just don't understand for men in a yoga studio because we're like-minded like we get it we're like sort of bonding like we have this there's a spiritual point. there's there's mm-hmm. not a lot of places where you can be spiritual with people that understand that you're being spirit they, it's hard unless you've experienced spirituality in this right. sense because i think religion and spirituality are close but they're not necessarily the right. same right um what is spirituality the ocean right in the religion is the fish or something or the tank i don't know i don't know how to make the metaphor but anyways there's a metaphor out there it exists somebody google it (laughs) fact check me um but it it is very hard to find other people like i'm so thankful i have dana you know and i i've found some really great relationships at the yoga shop but i think it is challenging to find like you look at your friend group right and you start reevaluating like all right who can i go this deeply with how who can i have this conversation with And, and i think that's what you're trying to say is like you just genuinely want to have these conversations with other people and, and bring this, this side of you. It's a side of you. It's a facet of Chris that you want other people to see, but it's hard to talk about when no one else has experienced that thing. Right. Um, and, and, and so the, the people who make up that environment, what you're so that you're now connected to and understand a majority of women and they're white women. And it's like, how do you go about trying to interact in a way where it doesn't come off with any intentions right. of any other than being friends. Right. That's a struggle as a man in a yoga studio, just right. period. Um, it's like a woman who plays a sport, and she's a good basketball player, whatever, and she can go out there. And she's just supposed to be out there with the guys, and she knows how to ball. <laughs> or a reporter who's like really good to sports, but just wants to interview the football players, and she gets it. She wants to be like, why does it have to be more than right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's the that's the weird part as being a man. Right. And, and so so you kind of talked about we earlier earlier we talked about generational trauma, right? And how it's very real and and I I think it's I honestly think it's something that we can empathize with that you know try to understand. That's something that we should try to understand and empathize. Um, so how can we, we've talked about the kind of healing effects of yoga. How can we invite more people of color? Or more, just men. Yeah, more men, honestly. <laughs> Anyone. Into the yoga studio. Like, obviously, you're a yoga teacher. Us three, we're all yoga teachers. And you teach police officers, right? Kristen and I teach in a studio that is primarily white women, white middle-aged women, primarily. Um, so how can we, you know, as teachers, welcome how can we do so outreach? so um man and I, I was transitioning into that which is really good because um 
when you look at yoga, right, especially in Western culture, um, you initially think about it and you say the lack of diversity with men and, and our people of color. The reason why is, uh, like, again, before I never or ever even thought about yoga, I thought it was for white women. And, or if you were a man, you were homosexual. The way yoga is featured and thought of as it is something only white, skinny, athletic sort of type women. That, that's that's a that's a fact too. Is like you feel like um, th- thicker women may have an aversion. You know, Absolutely. I don't want to put on these tight pants and do these Absolutely. things. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. And so when it's marketed in a way where where is how it's perceived. Yoga doesn't do itself any... That's a um, very good point. Favors. I'm sorry? That's a very good point. doesn't do itself any favors when, you, when you're... No, it, it doesn't. And so here's the flip side in the reality of yoga too, which I've learned and understand. So when we say people of color, how do we get them in? Let's talk about people of color first before we go to men. So when you talk about people of color, generally, let's be honest, do we think about wealth? We think about wealth associated with people of color. We don't. We don't. And so when you know and you think about yoga, let's talk about a gym membership. $10 a month, 12 months, you can go, what, 30, 40 times a month if you wanted to? Unlimited $10 a month. We're talking $17 to $20 a class Mm in yoga. Mm -hmm. And so if you're saying a populated area people of color in the inner city um, and you're have a yoga studio the reality is there's no you're not going to make any money let's call spade a spade cut the bullshit there's the aspect of making money so when we say there's no lack of diversity you're not targeting people of color because it's the business aspect that we don't want to acknowledge because you want to make money own your shit you want to make money because if you're loving in a way, you will be in these communities, right? And there are people who do love it. You know where they are? And YMCA's. There are people that are there going into facilities, community centers in the inner cities where those people are, schools in the inner cities, and they're teaching yoga. They don't get a whole lot of voice. And, 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 and the number one thing is they ain't making no money. So if you want to know why there's not a lot, a whole lot of people of color in those uh, that, are, that are doing it, because it's not marketed towards them. Mm-hmm. So when people start talking that jazz, I go, really? Tell me one studio in the inner city. Tell me all the suburbs and, and how many studios are out there in the market that's out there. It's basically another facet of white privilege. It's basically what you're Pretty getting much. at, which makes complete sense to me. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and, and everything that's coming out, you know, in Western culture, if you will, uh, the way we do things, um, how it's portrayed on TV, like it's a market and, and people make money. You know, you talk about the clothing aspect of it. Uh, you know, again, thin white women generally are all over the magazines talking about this stuff and the clothing. Why, why wouldn't you think, or why would I think it's for me? Mm-hmm, you, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's, you don't have anything that sort of relates to why I would want to do this. So if you're not doing the spiritual journey part, because you don't generally talk or learn about that spiritual aspect that can come out of yoga until you're doing it. 
that's not out there in the forefront. What's out there in the forefront is looking all beautiful and skinny and thin. And yeah, yoga journal. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's what's presented out there. Uh, and then I guess it's flipped back on me and Kristen, right? So then what's yeah. preventing me from it, it really going does. out? Yeah. What's preventing me from going out? Oh, and I don't like, there are a few populations that I would really love to learn how to teach yoga to. One of them being, um, you know, domestic violence shelters and another being police. And I know you teach yoga to um, people in the military mm-hmm. um, and Kristen and so I think that it, it is yoga teachers. I think that all any yoga teachers listening, what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to step up? Yeah. I remember I tried teaching with children, right? And uh, <laughs> teaching children in the inner city. And uh, here's another thing about the inner city and stuff, unfortunately, people don't want to talk about is the mental health aspect mm. that comes out of that even with the violence and the stuff that happens, folks have some sincere mental health issues that are never being acknowledged. And for black folks, and again, I don't want to speak for black America, but there's this, there's this thought that yoga is, is um, worshiping a false God because you have the Buddha aspect of it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if, you, if you go by the statistics, 60% of black folks, uh, you know, believe in Jesus Christ and sort of believe in prayer. And I think Hispanics is at 50. And the lowest percentage is white folks when it comes to the religion aspect of it. And so it's easier for them to migrate towards it because they're not, they don't even look at that. That's not even considered. I, I, I remember that as an argument, um, trying to do yoga in my school I, don't, I can't remember if it was my school or somebody else's school and wanting to bring it in and the parents said nope that's religion we don't want it here yes yeah i didn't even know that that until i did ytt and um and some people said that they like their family members won't do yoga because it, they thought it was a another like against their religion and i was like wow it did not even cross my mind that it didn't even cross my mind, you know, that people would think that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. That's, that's, that's you know. Those glad ladies. I asked the question. Honestly, I'm glad I asked the question yeah. because I, lo- I love the honesty of that. And that's exactly why we have people on. Like, what are we going to gain from each other? Two white, like, it doesn't matter, even black lives or not. Like, two friends that pretty much have the same type of background, right. grown in the same type. Like, we, right. are, this is what we've always said we want our podcast to be is, like, following where maybe life or conversations take us. Interesting people that we have, you know, we've had people on that just, like, they're following their passion. We're following, I feel, your your spiritual journey. And, like, yeah. luckily our paths crossed in the yoga world but thankfully, like, you came on and, and you're giving us, like, I feel like I am walking away with so much to think about. Like, I idealizing, you know, this position of power. You have, quote-unquote, position of power. A police officer, we idolize them. Something I would have never thought about. And, and just, like, 
why are we always saying, like, why are we always putting on someone else? Like, why, why aren't you coming to see me? Well, why am I not going to see you? Right. You know, like, right. let's, let's meet right. this up. Let's, let's, you know, marry this situation and, and think about it from the other perspective. And I would have never thought about it in this way had you not been here. So I, again, thank you so much yeah. for, for doing this. Oh my God. I, I'm so grateful. I, it, it... I know we covered a lot, and I ran through some things, so I hope we can make sense of it if we ever play it back. No, you were great. You were great. You know, I um, I think if I were to walk away with, or and to to leave anyone with a message, is to just to realize that we're, we are we're human. We're we're all the same. And I think like race and religion, that's sort of like those brackets, those boxes that we want to put people in. You know, classism, I think, is probably more than racism to a certain extent. Um, but that's what we do. We're not being genuine and just receiving people for who they are. And I think as a country and as a people, as Americans, um, minus the human being fact of it, uh, we just need to sit and acknowledge the things and not just keep going on the same road, right? It, 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 like, it's okay to turn around. Like, we don't have to keep going and say, well, eventually if we keep going, we'll, we'll get on and around. Why don't we just say, just get around. Just turn around and stop it. We went the wrong way. We know this now, so let's stop playing it off and go, I got this, honey, I got this. You lost. Stop and ask for directions, dang it. Just stop and ask for directions. <laughs> this is going to be the sound bite, by the way, for our episode. A hundred percent. The quote. The quote is <laughs> that, that is honestly a very great way to put it. It yeah, really it is. is. It is. It is. It's okay to say we took a wrong turn. It's right. okay not to go down that dark alley any further. Just turn yourself around. Let's come back out. Yeah. Let's find a new way. Yeah. But and as an operator, right, the one who's not driving, and you're let's say you're a passenger, which is your background, the family, the set, like you're just sort of going off their lead. And so if they're stubborn and they're not willing to go, you sort of, that's the energy that's sort of coming to you, and you're going to follow I'm that. taking that wheel. I keep hitting you. Right. I'm taking the wheel. <laughs> right. And that person who's driving has to go, has to humble themselves. That's hard yeah. for, I, that's hard for some people to do, to humble themselves mm-hmm. and admit that they're wrong and say, you know what, I messed up. Oh, and yeah. that's what I learned from being a yoga teacher and a lot of things of acknowledgement and being a better father and a person and just, you know, just... Only your shit. Yeah. It only stings for a little while. Yeah. And then honestly, it feels like freedom afterwards. It does. I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to that person that's, that's that, this hypothetical person that we talked about that we know, we know exists somewhere that is poking the police officer to get the police officer to react. And then when the police officer reacts, they can go, see, look, look what you did, you know? And what if we could just sit with, sit with them, sit with them, do a be with, with them and talk and say, that's a whole nother I, thing. Can yeah. you, are you, you know, help them, guide them, acknowledge a mistake. And maybe you made the mistake too. Maybe you're both part of it. Maybe they were yeah. poking you and you shouldn't have reacted that way. And because you reacted that way, they reacted that way. It just like spirals out of control. And if we can just 
sit with that wrong turn. It's a wrong turn. Let's turn back around. Let's turn this car around. Let's ask for directions. Let's settle. Let's settle and sit and have a conversation and heal. Mm. Yeah. You know? So with that being said, I think we probably already know the answer or have an idea of this answer, but you articulate yourself so well. Um, so I don't want to assume anything. Um, what, what is your hope for the future? What does it look like? In regards to whatever you want, relations, please. The world, the our community. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be selfish, right? And so when I think about the future, I I think about my daughters, who I'm just now in love with, that I can show up and be there for their growth and to provide that safe haven for them. Um, and hopefully they can just sort of mature into just beautiful butterflies, right? So I'm, I, what, my future for me, I, I, you know, I think we all should bring it and internalize it to where, are you better off than you were five years ago? Like, what am I doing now? So I feel progressively to move in such a loving space that that I'm not attaching anything to any circumstances or anything that happens. You look at it for what it is, acknowledge it, and, and learn to be honest with yourself. So my future is just to be more loving and uh, and do me, like really, really do what's good for Chris. Not what Krista may think or Dana or my mother or anyone else, you know, my boss or whomever. You know, you really, I don't know if that's even answering the question, but I think that for, for futures, for personal growth, like we just, like we need to learn from everything that's happening right now in the world. Just learn from it. Like if you believe this Corona thing is true or not true. And if you are a Republican, or, look, we just need to sit back and just, how can we serve? Like, how can I serve others? Mm-hmm. Um, um, but that's not to contradict the being selfish and doing you. Uh, uh. I think when you find your most authentic self, you find what your superpower is, what your passion is, and then that becomes the gift that you can give people. Mm. When you take away all the things that people want to put you in a box for, well, you're a woman, so you should be an X, right. Y, or Z. Like I remember looking at my grandmother's yearbook, and it was like, what do you want to be? Secretary, secretary, secretary. All the women, nurse, nurse, nurse. And there's literally, those were the two things. It was three things. A mom, a secretary, or a nurse. Those were the three things in my grandmother's yearbook that every single female had underneath it. You take away, like, I mean, you look at my yearbook, Dana's yearbook, it's going to look completely, I want to be an engineer, I want to be a math teacher, I want to be, a, you know, and, and we can run the gamut. You you allow people to explore, you start taking away the things that we think people should be, stop putting them in boxes, and, and maybe that's, you know, yourself, like, it sounds like you've done so much work to uncheck, you know, to mo- break out of this box, the mold that people want to put you in the stereotypes you had when you were younger, the fears you had when you were younger to break those and bust them down. And I think you're getting closer and closer as we all hopefully are in our journey of who am I when nobody tells me who I'm supposed to be. Right. 
And once I find that person, can I share it? And like you're sharing yoga with the police officers. That's a gift that they get to have because of you traveling your journey and uncovering the best possible version of yourself. And it's only going to get better. And there's only going to be more opportunity to explore within that. I think is really what you're, I, I'm hearing you say, which is amazing. Yeah, thanks a lot. And yeah. then that's inspiring your daughters to do the same. Yeah. I mean, God, I, like I'm grateful uh, for everything. I'm grateful for the connections through yoga. Um, like I thought about everything I experienced in a negative aspect and think like, Jesus, I wouldn't want to do that again. But I look back at it now and I'm, just, I'm, I'm actually in a better place. So everything sort of happens for a reason. Like it's, it's the path is there. Um, yeah. It, I know, it's just a matter of um, evolving, like not staying stagnant and just fizzling out, if you will. Right. I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to fizzle. I don't think, yeah, no. don't, don't fizzle. <laughs> um, um, you know, just before I go, I, I remember we saying something about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I don't know if I really touched on my beliefs on that, but I don't, I don't understand it. To be honest with you, as a black person, I don't, I don't really understand it. Um, like, let's say, for example, the Black Panther Party, when it came out nearly 55 years ago, you knew who the founders were. Like I knew Hugh, uh, he knew it and uh, Bobby Seale led this and why they led this. And, and then they start off with chapters. Now I just see a bunch of folks yelling and screaming. Like, I don't know who the head is. I don't know where it's going. I don't know anything. And people are just hearing BLM with, with, with some of everything being said. And so I'm like, didn't it but start this, with a tweet by between two women? I think four, like, four, four girls, um, four women. Um, but I think that, that some people are saying that that's the reason for the success of it is that it's not like the Black Panthers leader was killed, right? So like, there's no leader that can be killed in in with the Black Lives Matter movement, and it is there's like there there is this like ominous like we don't there. We don't know who's it's fully everywhere. organizing these things, and it's it is it is like a, it's also a social media era era. Yeah, so yeah. It's and hard. so some people are saying that's the success of it that that there's it's like kind of grassroots and it's it's community kind of run in a way, you know. Um, but it it kind of like what you said, Chris. It does run into the issue of now some bad things get associated with it because there is no leader to go. That's not true. That's yeah, not that's Black Lives Matter. That's a good point. That, there's nobody out there to say those rioters, like there. I've heard of these cases of these rioters that are paid to go into these cities and loot and go yeah. crazy, right? There's nobody out there to say that's not my people. That's right. not those are not right. Black Lives Matter. Which is Matter. why it's getting co-opted. Yeah. Right. 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 So so it's mm-hmm. it's a blessing and it's a curse. Mm-hmm. There's so much to think about. I know. Like, oh this my is a, goodness. This is a great, I think this is going to I thought to, I had it pinned down uh, for, for a minute. I thought I, I thought had I like, solved it. a direction. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. It yeah. is. It's a lot. So, so much. There's so much. It's a lot. But I think it just comes down to 
to, to us realizing we're humans and we're in this together in that world one. And once we take out the bullshit, the career, the color, the, the classism, like how much you make and where you are, just like we're on this planet all together. Let's just love one another and grow. Yeah. And I, of course, that's easier said than done. Well, and, and, it's and easy I, to I say think, with three yoga teachers. I, I think <laughs> to add on to what you said, all those things, yes, and but also like owning the facts that are out there. There are facts of this is an issue. You know, I the we talked about the healthcare system on the last episode, you know, how a, a black woman is three, two or three times more likely to die during childbirth. And I'm like, we're not a third world country. This shouldn't happen, period. A woman a woman really shouldn't be dying during childbirth these days. No. I mean severe complications get it, understand, you know, underlying conditions no matter your race, yeah. that is going to happen, right? But the idea that it's at three, two to three times more likely. Yeah, and it's mind-boggling too it, that, that, that income plays no factor in that. So you can take a poor white woman and a mm-hmm. rich black woman, and the, the, the rich black woman is still more likely to die in childbirth than the poor white woman. So just understand. So you, like, you I think there's, that. I think there is cool. an understanding of the, those facts, right? And how can we do better for everybody? So there's like this uplifting acknowledgement and creating something, movement towards understanding, wow, maybe maybe I'm part of the problem. I'm an educator in a classroom and I can think about, okay, now how can I do better knowing that I have white privilege, knowing that my students may see me automatically in a certain way and that I may be conditioned to see them in a certain way too and recognize it and bridging that that gap. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's that one little piece that I personally, in my opinion, would add that, like coming out of ignorance, putting all the shizzle on the table, and now working through it mm-hmm. and raising the bar. Right. For everybody, right. raising the bar as a yoga teacher, as as an as a country, yeah. for who yeah. are we, and if we are welcoming to everybody, really be welcoming to everybody, really being equal to everybody. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that, man, people people are just they're they're not honest, you know. Um, it's it's like you know those folks who go out into those third world countries and feed and stay with those people uh and then you got those people who just donate right those there are those who are out there in the fields making a difference going out laboring uh giving of themselves to to build you know like schools i remember doing that in the marine corps in a humanitarian mission in um nicaragua amazing time i had by the way and <laughs> um and there were some 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 church folks and whatever. They were out there with us, like making these schools and these clinics uh, for the locals there. So if you want to go out and you're not sort of concerned with the fame and the money that comes with it, like you can put yoga, in my opinion, out there in these communities, right? Um, but people are comfortable in the studios that affects their ego, but you got to take the ego out because the ego is a huge part of it. But you got to acknowledge all the shit. We just can't go halfway with it. You just got to be completely honest. 
when you be completely honest, you gotta own that ego that's within class sizes and everything else from the attraction and the clothing and everything else that comes with it. And this whole part and feeling of belonging. And I can tell you as a black man teaching in a yoga studio that in, inside, I don't, you probably wouldn't see it all the time. It may come out because I would probably like, jack the words up and, and have like, just sound like a, an ignorant idiot because I just was so nervous inside because I didn't feel comfortable in the entire room. Like, I just did not. Um, and it's hard to try to tell people that. And then I will fight my own self with, do your human, get out of that. But I will, but I will feel, look, you feel. Like I'm a highly sensitive person. I just feel like people expecting to be like this person or that person and not what I thought. Like, holy shit. And I never, like if I was around a whole bunch of black people or cops, guess what? I'm amazing, right? <laughs> like I am just in it. Like this dude's the dope. Like I get the cops, the recruits. Oh my God, Chris. Wow. And that can be in a yoga studio where I'm probably the only black person. I'm like, oh God, mm. I'm effing this up. Like this is, so there's a lot, man. There's a lot. Um, yeah. You sort of just migrate where you're comfortable. So when it comes to teaching yoga, you sort of go where you're comfortable. You know, and, 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 and but we want to sit there and play it like, uh, come on, man. We know where the inner city is at. We know who the people who need it. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you, though. Talk to me. To go where you're comfortable is not to be in the practice of yoga. So in order to create some change, yeah. right, because you kind of said, like, if if we feel oppressed, we're going to see oppression, if I don't Absolutely. feel value, I'm gonna I'm gonna see disvalue. Right. So right. to start bridging that gap, it's not just me going to you; it's you coming to me. It's both things. Yes. So in order to create change, is uh, I hate to say the word advertising and minimize it because it sounds very minimizing right now. But if you were in a studio and you and I don't want to say that you should be the face of. A, a yoga studio, a white yoga studio, and, and that could be anywhere in the country right now. That could be anywhere in the country because the majority is, like we talked about, are white, middle-aged, you know, 30 to 50-year-old women. And, and I'm not saying that you should be on... I, I get what you're saying in the in the sense that it's... Um, we talked about the idea of... Um, not the idea, the fact of posturing... It, as um, a black person might change their stance, how they're talking, how they're moving, what they're wearing, what they're saying, uh, everything. Yeah. And yeah. I, I know, I know that who they are, right? Because they, they need to feel like they need to fit into where they are, not right. being true to who they are. So they may not come off as authentic, and it may not be as good. Because they're thinking, I need to do what I think they want to hear. Do how yeah. they might want it versus how I'm feeling it and how I want to present my yoga and play the music. Everything that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, then it puts out the uncomfortableness the, back on 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 the people. It's that projected. They're, they're, it's projected yeah. uncomfort, uncomfort, discomfort. Gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> it's projected discomfort, right? So then it's it's that it goes back to that law of attraction of like like. I'm already uncomfortable. Yeah. This is going to be a lot You feel uncomfortable walking into the yoga studio. The yoga teacher feels your discomfort. How does the yoga... We are taught in the yoga teacher training that we've gone through to... You don't react. You know, that you that you you hold space. 
and you you are their champ you are their their cheerleader and you let them do their thing they are the captain of their ship they are their own expert on their life but we're human and when you sense that discomfort i was talking about it this morning the yoga class i taught this morning i asked for feedback after and and the feedback i got was seems like you're kind of uncomfortable with their with their discomfort with the the people in the class and i was like Sh- am i shit i think i am wow. i think i i think i could push them harder i think i could i think i could like take it to another level i could you know like and i don't feel uncomfortable when i'm teaching but i do i this is a very basic example but you know i do I do like, oh, I don't want to hold them too long in this pose because I feel bad that they're worried, you know, but... I want like, them to like me is the thing that yes, you're not saying. That's yes, probably what the teacher, yes. the feedback probably was. I want to be like. that's from experience, though, because you yourself don't want to be in a long cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like, ooh, katasana, pick your heels up, put oh your feet, stand oh up. <laughs> you got to Sorry, I'm just... I'm, every class. I'm being silly. But, like, I, 100% value in taking you like your passion or just who you are and in going back to quote unquote you know your your community and the people that you feel comfortable around but also like how am I or how are we going to help white America get more comfortable with black people well like let's intermingle more let's everywhere like Go into an African dance class and, like, learn something new because it's fun. Like, it's fun. Just explore the world. Explore paths. If that's something you're drawn to, like, go and be drawn to it. I'm not saying in order for you to grow and in order to change the world, Chris Chris needs to come and teach yoga everywhere. Um, But I, I just think that there is that two sides of, you know, to to in order to bridge that gap, I think is extremely valuable. Yeah. So, I think I think this is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had really good talk. This is, uh, this My is, family's like, "Are you okay? <laughs> Where have you been?" I'm like, it's all this good. This has been. I I've thought about things differently, which is a sign of a good talk, a good conversation. I think. Um, and I think that. First of all, is there anything that you feel like we haven't touched on that you want to, you you want to say? Uh, I think I think I think we hit it. I think I ought to be honest though. Uh, I think black folks because they have experienced this for so long of uh, the abuse, the the. This sort of treatment, despite unfair treatment, and seen it, and know people who sort of experienced it, and um, it's hard. It's hard to just have this conversation with people because they become emotional, um, and their pain may come out, and it may be projected, and it may come out onto you as if you're wrong. Um, so I, I think if I were to say something to white America, I would say, you know, don't. Just jump in there and, and try to read a book and talk and have just sit with it. If you know you're a good person, you're gonna be fine. You know, it's those who we know that are in positions that are just hateful and mean. Like those are the people that this this thing is really talking about. But for me, 
I don't even, I don't, like, I'm, I don't need to go after white people for them to explain or understand. I feel as black people should be sort of at this point where we need to understand to like, let's get this shit together. So I have a different perspective totally mm-hmm. from this whole Black Lives Matter to put it out there because I feel like this, and, I, and I'm not going to get too long with it, long-winded with this, but it's like someone who is not confident or doesn't have any self-respect but wants you to respect them. When they come into the room, they want you to acknowledge them like, oh, he's so great, but you yourself are like this. And so for me to want you to love me, I should probably love myself first. Because if I love myself first, it's going to inherently come because it's just how it is. So I feel that I should not force uh, my issues onto you. I should deal with what I need to deal with and the love that I want from you will come naturally because that's who I am, love. So it's a it's a hard argument. Like I can say, I understand both sides. I understand where people feel like they're being held, they're being treated differently. And I do understand to a certain point, you have to own your shit and be accountable, white people, and, and knock off, you know, white man's holding me down, bullshit, and, 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 and push forward. Yeah, it's sometimes it ain't fair. We get it. That's for anyone across the spectrum. And black folks need to not think that white folks have it all and like their life is just completely easy and they don't have no struggles. And I think black folks seem to think that white folks just have it easy and they don't. They seem to forget about uh, they're you know, making it, trying to make ends meet like everyone else. And, and that's why they can understand Trump, which kills me. But when you feel downtrodden in a way where you're not, you're, you know, you're just as down and out and trying to make a living like everyone else, but everyone's saying you're the bad guy. I understand how he's in office, but like, I get it from fools. Like, I get it. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. Okay. So if you're telling me white women, 53 or 54% voted for Trump, what was the moving motivation behind that? When we, when we know this guy is a misogynistic like pig, disgusting, and just whatever, is it because the fear of if someone else is in office, what you have right now, you will lose? That goes back to that white privilege shit. So now, all of a sudden, we don't want to acknowledge white privilege? So it's like so huge. Like, where do you really go? Um, but we just need to all just come to a place where just we're one. And just acknowledge and, and knock these stereotypes down and break down this wall. And I don't think we need to go outside. Like, you don't have to go to yell to say, hey, I'm on your side. No. In your encounters of your everyday life, you treat people with love and respect how you want to be treated. That's how you make a difference. You got to go and dag on inner cities, stop building houses, the same amount of racism. You don't have to do any of that. Whatever's in your heart to do, you do, you follow that. You don't need to do all this other extra stuff. This is not necessary. Because all it is is you filling the check. Oh, I did this on my race. You haven't done anything. So now when you're at that grocery store by yourself and it's raining, you're the only one walking to the parking lot, you see this black guy there. What do you do now? Are you still showing love or thinking love? Are you being defensive and scared of shit and and profiling and ready to call it? You know what I'm saying? So you're going to get that. So you don't need to go outside of it. It's going to, you, you will have that opportunity to treat others with love and kindness. You don't need to force that. 
it's those who are just mean and evil people. Why do we even care? Like my mother always told me, you don't argue with fools. So why am I trying to convince a racist person who doesn't care anything about me to not? Why? Hmm. Like folks, why? Because there's plenty of white people who ain't like that. So let's move together in love and just snap this shit off. So it's, I have it from a totally different perspective. Yeah. Totally. We can't put white folks in a box and say, like they intentionally benefited from this. They're born into what we were born into. It's all the same thing. So acknowledge what they are and acknowledge what you are. We just want you to acknowledge it so much so because you have like this 400 year start. And so we're not telling you to come back and pick us up. We're just saying, know who we are. You can stop away for us, but you've got to come back and pull us. That's what people are doing. That's not necessary. We can catch up. We can catch up to stop. Give us a minute. We'll catch up to you. And so how do we shorten that gap? It's just, you know, maybe you got to stop. Yeah. So we just need to stop and just. It's a really important perspective. Yeah. We did have a head start. Damn. I get it. And so we'll we'll get this. We don't need to turn around and pick them up. If you feel in your heart you need to, you go right ahead. But to say as a culture, white folks need to all turn around and come get us. Well, shit, that ain't happening. That ain't realistic. So knock it off. Just stop them. Stop and wait for us. Or don't add or throw anything on our path. Like, don't throw any obstacles. Right, you are right. behind. Don't throw any, you know, some oil patches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some glass on our path. Like, don't put that sh- That's all we're saying. We'll take that shit out of the way. You got the head start. Just, just let us run. Let us, let right. us catch up. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a really important perspective. Yeah. I said a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really important perspective to share. And I also, I'm just thinking about if anybody, I'm very much one of those people that when I listen to um, different podcasts with different viewpoints and or a different, different news sources and articles, I try to really listen and read critically and, and, and do critical, you know, critical thinking and, um, always try to kind of play devil's advocate and think, and think, um, think from the other person's side and what about whatever, about anything. And so I just, I'm thinking about listeners that maybe won't agree with some of the stuff that, that Kristen and I have said that you have said, Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, we've kind of this whole kind of, one of the threads of this conversation has been kind of about checking yourself and your reactions to things. So if you are having a reaction to this, check yourself, figure out what it is and why, you know, how could you, if you were, if you were the fourth person in this conversation, what would you add to it to stimulate conversation and keep it healthy and grounded and, and moving forward and pushing forward? Um, so that's kind of a call to action I want to put on our listeners and, I do think we need to close this out, unfortunately, even though I literally feel like we could talk all <laughs> night long. This has been such an amazing such conversation. Such a fun Saturday night. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I... I, um, I um, she has to edit everything, so I, she's like, this is Well, <laughs> yeah, I do. One important out. question, because yeah. it's it's... We're not here to make money. We say this all the time. We're here to pay it forward. We're here to follow other people and what's important to them to learn from uh, one another. And one thing that we always ask all of our guests, um, because we generally put a tab for donations, so is there a charity that we can link for on your behalf? 
or something that you support. Does that make sense? Maybe on your behalf. Like, what charity do you like that you would like people in general to donate to? Uh, wow. I, you know what? I, um, I don't have one. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm a huge tennis guy. I always, I used to always donate to like, um, to, uh, inner city tennis programs. Mm. Right. So that's perfect. Nothing now. If I see something that moves me online, I do it. Uh, you know, political candidates, things like that. I, I don't generally have one. If it sort of resonates with my spirit and I move to do it, not because someone else, then I'll do it. But, I, you know. So go donate to something that moves your spirit. Yeah. Boom. I like it. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is honestly such a good conversation. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that we had you on and that you decided to come on. And, you know, I think it was really valuable. Thank your daughters for sparing you for a night. We stole you. The coolest dad ever. Yeah, we stole the sign, you. The sign says it all. <laughs> right there. I'm, I'm completely grateful. I, I sincerely am. So, um, and it's funny because I didn't want to do this. Like I remember someone called me and asked to speak, but I was at the beach and I couldn't. And I was like, why? I don't want to do that. Like, it's crazy. And so believe it or not, I did this because I didn't want to do it. Mm. And I felt maybe someone can get something out of it. Yeah. That was actually we did. Season. At least two people got something out of it. Yeah. And hopefully you got something out of it too, Chris. Oh, God. I love it. Well, I think I'm open-minded, so I was like, great. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. It's awesome. You're an awesome That's person really, to talk to. So All right, friends. That wraps it up. I hope everybody has a great rest of their week. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. We are also on Instagram, we are on Facebook, and we have a website, so check us out everywhere. We are following the podcast. We would love to hear from you. We would love to follow you. If you have anybody in mind that you would like us to talk to, have a conversation with, and have on the podcast, direct message us on Instagram or shoot us an email at followingthepodcast at gmail.com. See ya!